listening to Brett on the Skateboarding Show. I am Joe Hinson. Hi, Joe. How are you doing today? Um, not too bad. Sore, but not too bad at all. Let's get the basics out of the way first. How old are you, Joe, please? I'm 23. 23. And when did you start skateboarding? So about 10, 11 years ago. Yeah, about, it's been around 10 years. I've been skating for around 10 years. Crikey. So that's only, so we're only going back to like 2008 at the earliest. 2009, yeah, 2008, 2009. I wow. Think. I think I just started in 2008. Knew kind of more about it in 2009. You know, so I kind of started to know more about skateboarding. After yeah. about a year of getting into it, I was going to say because there's always there's always two sort of immediate questions from that. One is what and what got you interested in starting skateboarding in the first place? Well, there was to be honest, there was two. Where I live, it's so small because there's like there's hardly any kids where I live because it's just a small village. But um, pretty much, one of my friends that I knew. Had a, like he skated a little bit, and then I just saw him skating, and I was like, I want to do that. And then I had like a cheap, you know, Argos skateboard. Right. And then I just started skating around with him, and then eventually I ended up getting all this handy down like old boards, trucks, wheels, and then it all happened from there really. And then he quit skating. He got older, and then quit skating eventually, and then I just carried on. Okay, so you it wasn't like. The Tony Hawk games or anything like that, it was just first-hand exposure to skateboarding that got you hyped on it. Yeah, pretty much. I don't really play video games. Like, no. I didn't really know about it at the time, you know? Cool. And so the second question following on from that, and that and that usually does happen a little bit later, is can you... And, and you sort of alluded to it already. Can you remember that moment where you moved from a kid with a skateboard into sort of understanding that there was pros and an industry and a whole culture behind it all? It was kind of like, I didn't understand it when I, like, you know, when I first started skating, I was just doing it messing around, you know. And then towards, like, 2009, I started to realise, like, I saw my first skate video, and then I was like, oh, you know, this is what you can actually do on a skateboard. You know, so it was kind of like, it was kind of like, oh, these people are really good, but I didn't understand there was people that had a career from it and made livings from it and stuff like that. I didn't, I didn't know that until like a couple of years after I started skating, when like I met other skaters who live in the city just down the road from me called Ely. Then I then I started to learn even more about skateboarding. Okay, so so you were sort of. So whereabouts geographically, you, you've mentioned a couple of times a little village in Ely. Whereabouts is that for, for people? Um, it's know? in Cambridgeshire, so I'm just out, I'm about, 30, about 30 minutes outside of Cambridge. Right, okay. okay. So it's um, pretty remote. There's not like, my closest skate park's like 25 minute drive from my house. In just a, it's in a village that's just outside of Cambridge. Oh, and you're then, like closest outdoor skate park. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's 25, and then the closest indoor is either Corby, but I, that's like an hour. 
but that's really expensive and full of scooter kids or there's cassette skate park where I used to go all the time as a kid and that's in Kings Lynn and that's a 50 minute drive and or or it's like 30 minutes on the train right so I just go there a lot and they remember me from when I was a kid so the guys there help me out and let me skate which is really cool nice nice You've gone a bit muffled. Is everything all right? Have you put me on loudspeaker? Yeah. Oh, there you go. There you are. There you are. Yeah, my, 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 uh, as I say, where I live, I'm in the middle of nowhere, so the signal is awful. Brilliant. Sometimes it cu- it comes and goes, pretty much. So just, just going back uh, chronologically, you were sort of 12, 30. You said about a year later, maybe a year and a half, you started going into your local city and sort of experiencing the bigger boys and... Were you meeting up with them and sort of going skating with some older older guys or? Yeah, pretty much. There was um, there was a guy that I met just through skating in the next village along. There was a guy that um, I knew who lived in my village, but there was a skate park in that village. But in the village, but it was a ter- it's a terrible skate park. It's gone now. They tore it out. Right. I met him, and he was at the time he was seventeen, and I was like. 12 13 and that's when i started to really get into it and i was like he was like teaching me how to skate and stuff like that like she still skates now as well from time to time which is cool nice it's like so pretty much when i was growing up it was like i was skating with everyone older than me because there was no one really my age skating right yeah yeah you kind of did take it up at a sort of I guess the, the, the whole wave of the Tony Hawk games had sort of died down by then. And so, hmm, yeah, it's interesting. It might, some people might, it, it, it's it's always interesting when you talk about dark times in skateboarding because some people go, no, man, I remember that being an amazing time. And then you're like, well, yes, yeah, because you were of the right age where everything was amazing at that time. Like, you know, who, who knows? Who knows? You know, for some people. It was, it, yeah. it was with... Um... So living living out here, living so far away from like living far away from like because Cambridge has a skate scene, but it hasn't got like that. It hasn't got like that shop where everyone goes, hangs out, you know. Right, right. It doesn't even have a skate shop anymore. Like Cambridge it used to have a couple of skate shops, but they've all closed down now, so it doesn't really have that hub. Right. So the skate scene around this area is quite small. I don't really go to Cambridge at all. I don't go to Cambridge that often, to be honest. I like I mainly stay to Ely and like Water Beach, which is where I skate all the t- like during the week all the time, which is my outdoor park. But then like like on a weekend, I'll drive like an hour, two hours, three hours to go street skating in a different city, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I- that that's um, more my thing rather than just trying to stay, rather than staying more local because the, the, the Cambridge has spots, but they're not amazing or they're not like stuff I want to skate. So it's kind of hard for me to go to Cambridge and skate street because there's not that many things that I actually want to skate there, you know? Right. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, talking talking about your skateboarding and... And sort of bringing it back to when he started again, but now let's let now let's jump forward a little bit because, and I know this is always a bit sort of awkward for some people to talk about, but at what point did you think actually I'm not 
doing too bad at this. I'm, you know, I'm all right at this. Because there's got to be a point at which you went from like, I mean, what, I mean, or, or was there? I don't know. Was there a point at which you really, where it became really clear to you, like, oh, I, I, I can do this. I'm pretty good at this. And there was, there was a time that there's a, there's a skate park and about an hour from me called Saffron Walden. Yeah. And like there, there's the hand, like that's only around an hour and there's a hand, there's a handrail there. And I'd only just started to do like hand, like skate park handrails, you know? Right. And when I board slid that for the first time, like, I was pretty much bullied into board sliding it because I was so scared. Like all the older boys I was with were just bullying me to do it. That was at the, the time where I thought that you know, is the I tried can, and tested. I can skate now, you know. I was a bit like I boarded the big handrail at the skate park. But you know, you know that is the tried and tested um, methodology that has been used throughout the millennia. <laughs> the the bigger boys bullying yeah. the groms into doing stuff. Pretty much, that's yeah. how. Like that's pretty much how I grew up. I was like bullied by all the older ones to do like to do tricks if not i was so scared to do them but you know it's like you were like 15 like i was about 15 at the time and they right. were like but or maybe 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 yeah 15 and they were bullying me and i was like you know i've got to try and impress these guys right now i can't like and i think they drove too i think they drove they drove me there and they were like yeah we're not taking you like we're not giving you a lift home if you don't do the trick or at least try and like i wouldn't hesitate to think they wouldn't take me home you know they probably would just leave me there if i didn't try it <laughs> so i was like i was like you know i've got to try and actually do this now and then i ended up doing it and then ever since then i've just been obsessed with skating handrails for some reason i mean is it was there also a point with those bigger boys because i was trying to explain this to somebody some 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 youngsters down the skate park the other day. I was over in Bath having a bit of a skate. Because I was trying to explain the other side of it, which is that like the bigger boys kind of bully you. And by bullying, we don't mean proper bullying. We just mean they. Yeah. It, it appears like bullying, but they're just trying to get the best out it's of you. It's character building. Yeah. And was there a point... I'd call at, it. it. Was there a point at which you suddenly also realised, like, oh, hang on a minute. These guys actually like me, though. This, this isn't... They're actually trying to encourage me and, and like... And they're calling yeah. me, and now they're now calling me up and going, "Dude, do you want to come skating? Like, we're going skating. Like, come, we'll come pick yeah, you up. That, like, whatever." That was that. That started to happen. Like, as I was starting to get better and started to understand it more. Right. But also, they were a lot older than me. Like, the oldest was twenty-three at the time. Wow. He was driving, working. There was my friend Sean, that used to live in the village, the same village as me. He started to like work, and he got old enough to where he started to go out on a Saturday, you know, a Saturday night and a Friday night. So he started skating less, and then the older guys started skating less. So eventually I was ended up skating on my own quite a lot. Right. Because because of where I live, and when I couldn't drive as a kid, I'd skate every single day. Right. As you, you know, and even now I skate every day. So, it like, it would be like, I'd probably skate with someone maybe twice a week, three times a week. And then, you know, the rest of the time I'd be on my own. Dude. But they'd, they'd hit me up and be, and also I've got like a, fact like we've got where an old barn used to sit in my house. So we kind of like, we've put ramps and stuff on that. We'd build, we built ramps out of like old pallets and plywood and stuff. So they'd all come around and we'd skate that like once every, once a week or twice a week, you know, which is cool. Nice, nice. But then eventually they all grew up, you know, moved out. 
and then I just would skate. I skated on my own probably for about probably a year to be fair. Wow. Like skate, but skating with people on the weekends, but skating during the week on my own. Like even now, even now I go to the local park, and every now and again the older guys come through. Like the older Cambridge skaters, they'll be there skating. But most of the time it's me there most evenings. You know, I'll be because as because this um, skate park's in a little village. I'm normally the only person there some evenings. Wow. Which is kind of good. Like, I kind of enjoy that being on my own skating, but also after a while it gets a bit boring. Yeah. But, you know, I'll go down the skate park for four or five hours like on my own and just skate and then come home again. I mean, I, you know, I like hitting up the, the park that, I, that I, I like hitting up. Did I mention it was in Bath? Maybe I don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I haven't been to that park yet. I think we're going to go there when we come over for NAS. Yeah, do, do. I, I love going and skating there. And I love all the crew there. They're all cool. Obviously, they're all quite a bit younger than me. And some of them will come over and sort of play in the bowl every now and then. It's cool and it's nice. But, like, sometimes I just want a sesh with, like, my mates. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's a certain crew and some of them... And some of them will skate the same stuff that I like to skate, and some of them won't. And sometimes I'll go and skate with them at the at the spots that they like. But sometimes I just want I just want like I want to look over and see some of my old you know life skateboarding lifelong friends and be yeah. knowing that I'm about to drop in with them. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get you. Um, but at the same time, I mean that's that's now that's now at like forty years old. I think in my early twenties and late teens. You know, there's enough times when I also would just go out and be like, oh, no one's out. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. I'm going to sesh. I'm going to get it on. I'm going to get my skate on. You know? Yeah, well, it's like, there's a, where I live, there's very little to do anyway. Right, okay. Like, so it's like, you either skate or do nothing, you know? So it's right. like, I might as well go out and skate. And also, I just enjoy skating that much. I just like to go, I like to go out on my own and just cruise around. Does it? Do you find it gives you an opportunity to learn stuff as well? Because you don't have to perform for anybody; you can just concentrate on some yeah, stuff or what. Yeah, pretty much. Like I'm terrible at skating ledges. Like I hate skating ledges around like people because I'm I'm bad at them. Right. And like, but when I'm there, I always mess around on the ledge. You know, like 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 or, actually like, bad at them or Joe Hinton bad? Which one? Like... Um, ter- terrible at skating ledges. <laughs> like it was funny. It's funny. Like sometimes it's really weird like i can kick from crook a handrail but if, right. you t- if i try and do it on a flat ledge it'll take me longer to do it on the flat ledge than it would the handrail wow but like i can it all depends it depends what trick you know but you're listening to the skateboarding show i'm flea minter i'm ej minter you're listening to the skateboarding show podcasts Click, listen, subscribe. Okay, so so you've talked about a few things. And then at, at what point did you first get sponsored and how did that happen? Oh, well, the, the first sponsor I ever had was Billy's Skate Shop in Cambridge. Right. That was like, this was, this was, I was 15, 16. They, re, they shut, they closed down like a couple, like closed down quite a few years ago now. So at most you'd only been skating about four years or so by then. Yeah, I hadn't been skating very long. Like, I wasn't amazing at skating. 
but like I, I don't even know how I got sponsored by them. To be honest, I think I was I was at the the competition, the like local competition at the skate park in Cambridge, and then like I went into the shop like a few weeks later, and then they asked me if I'd ride like skate for them, which was cool. That was pretty much my first sponsor, and then they helped me out quite a lot with like boards and you know everything, which is super cool of them. Right. And then, and then, and and were they helping you to develop in any way in terms of helping you find some other sponsors? Or... Uh, yeah, they well, pretty much. I started when I I got sponsored by Billy's, and then through just people I like people I knew, I got this from. I got I used to get boards from this company called Lucky Edge. Right, uh, it's a super super tiny little company. Um. That my friend, like one of my friends, did, and I used to get boards from them. I did that for a while, and then the guys at Billy's sent my footage to i Five Distribution and Karma Skateboards. Right. And then, because Lucky Edge went out of business, they kind of did it for a while. I was with them for around sort of six months, and then they went out of business because you know skateboarding is super hard to keep a yeah. business going. Yeah. So. um they then pulled the plug on that, and then I went to Billy's. I was like, well, I've got no boards. So I was buying boards for quite a while. Right. And in Billy's, that, that, like, they'd have the boards. They'd have, like, they'd have like your blueprint. They'd have, like, all the English brands, and then they'd have the American brands. And obviously, the American brands were more expensive. Right. And boards were lasting me two weeks, three weeks, and like, I'm trying to pay for them. And I'm like, I'm going to go for the... English boards are cheaper, and also I want to back English companies at the time because it was like you know I was just sort of le- I started learning about the industry a bit more. Sure, sure. And also, like I was buying a lot of Karma boards because Karma's from uh, Milton Keynes, pretty much, which is it's only about an hour from me. Right. And by this time, we were going to Milton Keynes quite a lot. Me and my me and my friends, we were just going to Milton Keynes and skating as we knew it was a good place to go and skate street. For sure. So for sure. so so we'd see a lot of karma boards around so i ended up just buying karma boards a lot and then the guys from billy sent my footage over to adam at i5 um saying about saying that like would you hit this kid up blah, blah, obviously and then they they um, got back to me and they were giving they put me on flow which is pretty cool they used to give they used to sell me boards for 25 quid like a cost nice which used to help me out a lot, and then I did that for around maybe a year, maybe just under a year, and then they then they eventually put me on the team and started to give me free stuff, and I was on I was with Karma for four years, I think. I think I was with Karma for four years. And during that time, did you pick up any other sponsors as well? Uh, well, the guy at I Five Distribution, he did all. He owns Karma. Super toxic. I rode, so I got on Karma. Shortly after that, I got on Silver, which Silver Trucks, which was another, which is another brand he distributed. So it was only like distribution flow, right? It helped, you know, to get trucks too. And then he hooked me up with um, Super Toxic Wheels as well. After a while, that can't which that is, that I th- I think I remember you getting on Super Toxic. So. By now, we must be getting into the sort of era, because how long have we known each other now? I've, I've seen you, I must have seen you at, what, three or four NAS competitions, right? Yeah, I think so, because it's, so it's pretty, re- like, 
I've only like it's been only been two years since I left Car. Maybe just over, maybe, yeah, just over two years since I left Karma. To right. be fair, it, so it's um. So you... yeah, I can't really. I'm terrible with like time frames and stuff. I've got a terrible memory. But it was uh, so it was a good time because I was getting you know trucks, boards, wheels. And then I started getting shoes from Fallen through uh, Dwindle Distribution when they did Fallen for a while. This was a bit like, you know, so they used to help me out quite a lot. And then they were like my sponsors for quite a long time. That's a big deal, man. That's Jamie Thomas. That's all part of the... Wasn't that, yeah, was all, all, wasn't that all part of all, Jamie Thomas's domain? Fallen yeah, but shoes. it was basically Dwindle bought... Or Dwindle had something to do with Fallen and Zero before it went out of business. Um... Oh, and Dwindle they... used to just flow me a pair of shoes a month, which used to help me a lot. They used to give me a pair. Nice. Which was super cool. And then obviously that that all ended, which sucked. And then I had to buy shoes again. Yeah. That's Is hard it... to go from getting shoes to have to buy them. You for, kind of forget how much they cost, you know? Well, I was going to say, if you're getting through a board every two to three weeks, you must have been getting through shoes quite a fair bit as well then. Yeah, like, well, now a board lasts me anything from from a week to three days, if that, sometimes. Wow. Like, boards don't last me very long at all anymore. But that's just because I'm skating street all the time, you know? I remember... Skating street, skating skate parks every day. So it kind of does ruin your board after a while. If I've told this story before, then I apologise. But I do remember, I remember, like... Danny coming back from a few tours in America and telling us once about like, um, and and this was like late, this was like mid late nineties, when Powell was still making good boards, which they are now, and but they were you know this was the nineties, um, and he and and the I, I don't know what the situation was, but there was obviously he was obviously getting enough product because he was saying when he was out doing demos, he would set up a a new deck at least every day because he could feel the pop going. I mean, that is Wainwright who obviously would like get through a board in terms of the pop because the sort of pressure he was putting through them doing all those big ollies and all that stuff. You know, you don't pop an ollie that high without putting a lot of pressure through the tail uh, and a lot of impact into the edge of the tail where you're popping it against the floor. But he says he could feel the pop going towards the end of each day after doing a demo, which... I, I, I start to feel a board going after about... Like, say if I ride a board for... If I skate street, if I, like, if I go to film a trick or something, and I set up a brand new board, normally by the time I've landed the trick, the board's done. Really? But if I skate, sort of, skate parks, a board will last me a week, and then it starts to feel a bit like it's going. You have that but then much... My friend, but then my friend's... I give it to a like, I take the board off and give it to one of my friends, and they're like, "This board, there's nothing wrong with it." But you have that much sensitivity that you can feel it sort of not respond as well. What you're used to, like I'm really used to new boards, new grip tape. Right. So it, like, especially now, like back when I was a kid, like back in the Karma days, a board was lasting me. When I rode for Karma, I'd probably get like to when I first started riding for Karma, a board would last me around two weeks. And then, sort of, as I got on the team and as I started to push myself more, a board would last me, you know, two a week. Because they'd send me, they send me, used to send me three boards a month. 
Wow. And then if I needed any more, I'd buy more. Right. And normally I ended up buying more. I used to end up buying, like, ended up buying like an extra one at the end of the month. So I'd probably go for about four boards a month when I rode for Karma. And you can genuinely feel that difference, can you? You can feel that yeah, you're, you're that sensitive it's to probably it. All in, it's probably in your head most of the time. No, I don't. I don't think it is. When you're used to, but when you like set up a new board all the time, you get kind of used to the fresh grip and the fresh pop of the board. You know. I think. But I th- a, board, but a board feels older to me than it would do someone else that's used to riding old boards all the time. Yeah, sure. I think it's the same as like really talented musicians who can hear the difference in tone or the difference in the pitch whereas you and I might go no that sounds the same a really a really good musician might go no I can hear the difference in that definitely you know what I mean yeah. like yeah I get pe- it. people become sensitive to this stuff man people especially like you're saying if you're skating every single day you'll become highly attuned to to how it feels to you it's kind of like it's kind of weird because like when I was a kid you wouldn't notice like you'd, I'd ride my boards until they were absolutely destroyed you know yeah, it happened yeah, like yeah. I remember the first skateboard I ever got I had it for three months like my first real skateboard I ever got I had it for three months like the first one I ever bought and um, it, I skated it till the tail went square yes like, it, the tail was square I've still got it, actually. I've still got that board. Nice. And the tail has just gone completely square, and the nose has a massive, like, chip out of it. And like, now when I look back on that, I'm like, how did I ride that for that long? Yeah, of course. Of yeah, course. I think it all, it's all personal preference as well. Like, I know people that ride boards for a month and hate brand new boards. Right. I I've, I know plenty of my friends absolutely hate brand new boards. They they like it when they get a bit more worn in. Do you have any Do you have any weird things about? Well, not weird, but do you have any um, specific things about like your trucks or about your wheels? Do you have like graphics in or graphics out with your wheels or like wheels? I have graphics in. Right. Always have graphics in. Can't have nothing spinning round. Uh, grip grip tape. I have to ride really grippy grip tape. I can't ride like Jessops or anything because I just find it too, like not grippy. Or I just find it too mellow and not grippy enough. Right. Boards. I have to ride my size. If I I cannot change, I cannot like say if Climber once ran out of boards in my size. They did a massive order one day and they ran out of boards. <clears throat> so um, they they sent me an eight. They just sent me an eight because I ride eight one two five, right? And I try, and it's not that much difference, you know. An eight point one two five is not no di- not there's no difference, and I could barely ride it. <laughs> I could I couldn't do it. I was just like I was phoned the guys up. I was like I cannot do this. I can't ride a board that's not my size. It really bugged me. That's, so that's kind of an OCD. I think I've got about skateboards, I guess. <laughs> Yes, I know. Again, it's that sensitivity, but go on, sorry. So it's, um, yeah, and then I just, ever since, like, ever since I started to, I rode, my first board was a 775. Nice. And then I rode eights for three years, and then I went up to 8125, and then ever since then I've been riding that. 
Nice. But recently, I've considered stepping up to an eight, what eight point two five. I might. I'm going to try that out soon. I think. That's almost like a sort of standard size nowadays, isn't it? The eight two five. Yeah, I just feel like I'm skating bigger. I'm trying to skate bigger things and push myself more. Yeah. So I feel like sometimes I'm a bit scared because my board's a bit smaller. So I feel like if I have a bigger board, I might have more to stand on. Yes, that little bit of extra wood under your feet is always but good. All experiment. I'm gonna try it and see how I get on. I don't know how how I'll get on with it. I've like asked I've asked Darkstar for some like eight point two fives just to see how I get on with them. So we'll see when they send me some. And I think that's just the right point because you just mentioned them to bring in asking you about your new sponsors. Ah well, there was um. Well, with uh, with Darkstar, what happened was I rode, I was riding for Karma for like four years, three, four years, five years. Can't remember exactly how long. You know, I was completely everything. All my sponsors were through i five distribution, and Adam and everyone, every Adam and Jane, everyone there. Right. So, um, like, I I was pretty. I felt pretty loyal to like Karma. I was like, you know, I want to ride for Karma. It's like a local brand, and you know. They've had my back. But then um, Dwindle hit me up about... Um, they hit me up about Darkstar. They were like... Well, the first off they hit... Well, actually, first they hit me about um, Tensor Trucks. Right. They said to me, what are you doing for boards and trucks? Because I knew Dwind- the guy who did the Dwindle thing from uh, Fallen when he was doing Fallen for me. Right. So he hit me up about boards and trucks and i said oh i'm still getting boards off karma but with the silvers the silver thing was kind of dying out that they weren't really pushing the brand like the the brand themselves weren't really pushing it right so i kind of thought i'm gonna try these i'm gonna try the tensors out tried them like them then i had the awkward phone call of telling the guys at i5 i was gonna get trucks from dwindle but they were fine. They were fine with it, and then I started running. I started running the tensors for a bit, and I rode. I rode for tensor for probably six months, maybe a bit longer than that. Right. To like, you know, and then they find then dwindle hit me up about boards, and then I was a bit like, I was a bit like, oh, I don't know, you know, I, I it was a really hard decision for me to do. Like, I didn't want to leave Karma, but also I'm having like. More boards thrown, like they dwindle. We're going to give me more boards, and obviously, obviously, it's a bit of a bigger opportunity being with a an American company. Like no disrespect for Karma, because I did like at the time I was like thinking I was like I don't want to leave Karma, but also I don't want to miss an opportunity. Mm. So I had I thought about it. I thought about it for about three months before I said yes or no. And then wow. finally, I, I made the awkward phone call to Karma, telling them I'm leaving. They were they were bummed. They were they were really bummed, which is understandable, you know. Yeah. But then I feel I feel like the Dark Star thing was a good, was the right move for me because I wanted to kind of get get away from because Karma's quite small. I wanted to get away from the small company and try and do something with a bigger brand. Just for the opportunities that could happen from being with a bigger brand, you know? Yes, for sure. You're listening to The Skateboarding Show. This is Jeremy Fox from Flip. Hey, this is Lance Mountain. 
Yes, hi, this is Ron Glyphberg. This is Tom Penny and you're watching The Skateboarding Show. Yeah. And, and some of those opportunities have come to fruition, right? Some of them have, have like, blossomed yeah. already. Well, I got, I've just, well, just, well, two weeks ago, I just got back from, I got back from America. They, the dwindle flew me out to America, which was so, which is like a dream come true, because I've always wanted to go to America. And then they, um, but while I was in America, they completely hid the fact they were going to make me at, like, like Darkstar turned me am for the company, which was pretty unreal, to be honest. I wasn't expecting that. Because we, to, so, to, to not, like, blow anyone's, to not, to not overdo it on the industry side and to not, um, dispel anyone's dreams, but quite often in the UK, possibly in mainland Europe as well. If somebody's amateur for a company, it might well be a distribution deal as opposed to through the company. Because that's what you're saying. That that's what happened to you, right? You were getting Darkstar, but they were being, although it might have been okayed by Darkstar in America, they were kind. It was kind of through the it distribution. Was, it company. was through the distribution. It was through Dwindle Dwindle UK. Right. They were they were sending me the board. They were sending me boards, so I'd hit up the guys at Dwindle UK, then they'd put the order in for me, you know. Right. But now it's like it's still unreal. Like I can't kind of believe it that I'm like have to email the guys in the US to get my boards now. Right. It's super weird. Like I'm as I say, it's only been about two weeks, if that, and I'm like still kind of tripping on it, really. And does wasn't it... ex- wasn't expecting it. Because it was only, it was, a, it was the LA skate, it was the Dwindle LA Skatecation. They've done it a few years in a row. Yeah, you're explaining about that. Explain a little bit about it then. So they, um, so they take guys from all around the world that ride for Dwindle companies, like Almost, Darkstar, um, Tensor, Blind, you know, all of the Dwindle, everyone, every one of the Dwindle brands, and they fly them all out for, a ten, for 10 days to film a little edit. Right. So when that like so I got my footage submit like they've submitted my footage for the for this um, edit thing, and I I ended up getting picked somehow, which I was stoked by because I was like yeah you know get to go to America, and then the next thing you know I um sent I'd filmed a video part um over the last year just for like for dark you know i did it for dark star but we were going to drop it with like we were just going to drop it with a uk mag or try and drop it with a uk mag right and then end up like the guys at dwindle uk have to okay it with the dark star guys obviously sure to check the video is okay and then in in the uh, in the end dark star hit them back and said oh we're gonna put them in we're gonna put clips in the video in the so main we're gonna put some clips star. from the part in the video. Nice. So I was like, I was like, let's do it. I'm stoked. And at this, at this time, I'm still flow. No one's told me anything. No, no, no one said to me, like, I'm am. Like they've just literally said, you've got clips in the video, which I was stoked by. You know, just to be, just like, sponsored by the distribution to get footage in the new Darkstar video. So I was stoked. And then the Darkstar premiere clashed with the the trip when I was in the US. Right. So it was kind of all perfect timing. So I was going to be able to go to the premiere and be on this trip. So I did the trip. 
which was sick. It was like 10 days of just pure street skating every day in America, which is like perfect. Like, it's harder coming home when you've been there. I could well imagine. Like, all the spots, that's all concrete. There's no tarmac. There's no, like, paving slabs that have cracks in them, you know. No rain, no clouds. It didn't rain once. Wow. Didn't rain once when we were out there. I think I think I was speaking to some people in, in the States, and they said every time I've been to England, it's rained at least once. Yeah. When we've been there. You know, and it was, um, so it, like, they, I didn't know I was am till I got to the premiere. They completely surprised me, and they were just like, oh, yeah, you're am now. Amazing. And I was just like, I was just kind of like, this can't be happening. Like, I was a bit like, this is a bit surreal, because it's like, I'm stood in front of Chet Thomas, and I've got Greg Lasker and Dave Pachinski and Ryan DeCenzo all stood around me, you know? Wow. That is some that is some heavy hitters, especially that first name. Because, by t- do mean do you know much about Chet Thomas? Do you, have you seen much of his footage? Yeah, yeah, I've seen footage of Chet. Because by about two thousand and nine, when you first started, there wasn't there probably wasn't that much fresh foot footage of him. But in the nineties, especially late nineties, when he was really just peaking, my gosh, that guy's got the most amazing style like i could understand why maybe not everybody likes it but just the way he catches tricks and the way he lands them so rare i've I've seen footage of chet he's super sick yeah and just to be around all those people i was a bit like no this is crazy i mean i just met like you know i was met, met them all i was like you know going to the premiere i'm gonna meet everyone which is super cool I had no idea, and they just fully just were like, yeah, you're am now. And I was like, what? Didn't believe it. Then the video was shown, and then somehow I'm on the team now and get have to hit up the Americans to get my skateboards and stuff, which is cool. And does it... It's weird. Has, sure. it also, has it also changed things like their expectation of what they want from you? Do you have to do more footage or anything, or...? Not really, they've pretty much said to me, they haven't said a lot to me, it's just been like, it's been like, oh, we've got you for boards, like, you don't need to, like, because at one point, I was getting four boards a month off of, like, Dwindle UK. Right. Which is super good. But even then, I was still breaking them. Sure. And I rode, and I rode, and I was getting through them, because I'm, I'm trying to skate street at least once every week. You know, and skating skate parks all the time and just killing boards, jumping down stairs and stuff. So, I was killing boards. So, in the end, I was on roller snakes at the time. So, I was just buying skateboards. Right. But I'd get my four a month and then if I needed one extra or two extra, I'd just hit up roller snakes. And roller snakes would either give me a couple or they'd do do me a couple of boards cheap. Right. But Chet was like, he was like, no more doing that. Like, we've got you. We'll sort you out. We're going to keep you a constant flow of products. Like, if we plan trips, I'll be able to go on some trips and stuff like that, which will be cool. Amazing. So it's just kind of like, you're a bit more, you know, you're more involved with everything, which is kind of, which is super cool to like, be, and just to be part of the American brand is insane, you know. It is a big deal. It's a very big deal. 
still hasn't really like hasn't really hit me that I'm am. I still feel kind because I'm still waiting for my first box direct. Wow. They sent they sent me back they sent me back with they sent me back with some boards. I think they sent me back with five boards, and then Dwindle UK had sent me four boards or five boards over, like while I've been away. Nice. So I've still got I've got boards, but I haven't yet got my first package from them from like the US side. So it's all still a bit like doesn't feel real yet, you know. I'm looking forward to seeing the first uh, Joe Hinson Instagram post of this is my package. I just want to thank like Dark Star. Like let's see what I've got and open it up. You know your reveal video, or whatever they call them. Your product video. I'm sure there'll be a. I'm sure there'll be a photo when the box comes. Of I the hope so. and that. I want to see this. I want to see what you get. I'll say I'm still pretty blown away by it all. Yeah, and man. I can't. Still hasn't sunk in yet that I'm in the Dark Star video and stuff, which is pretty mental, man. Pretty mental. <laughs> pretty insane, but also puts pressure on me. I'm like, fuck. Like now, I've really got. A... I've really got to push myself, like, even further now, you know? Well, I mean, you know, because I'm I'm doing the ghetto setup, so I've just got you on loudspeaker on the phone and I'm recording it, I wanted to put it on something that was flattish, that wouldn't, so it wouldn't sink into the bed as I'm sitting on my bed. And I pulled out the 2019 UK Skateboarding Championships poster that I with permission, took from Greystone Action Sports Academy. Tell us about that weekend briefly as well. Oh, that was that was a weird one. Um, so, the, like, the first, the, there hasn't been a UK champ in, what, since 2010? 2010, 11, 12, something like that. Maybe 12. No, something like that. I can't, no, maybe, maybe, maybe it was 2012. I can't remember, but Nick Ramon won it. I remember being there. Yeah. Nick Ramon won won it, won it, and like he fully deserved to win it as well. He's so good. Maybe even thirteen, because eleven and twelve were at were at the XC. I was at those two. Oh it, yeah, it must have been. And then it must have been the, the next there. one was somewhere else. It was a flow. I remember right. being a flow. You still I there? Being a flow. Yeah, yeah, I remember being at I remember being at a Flow skate park in Nottingham. Yeah, so I think that was thirteen, two thousand thirteen. Wow, six and years ago. I, right. I just remember, I remember um, Nick Ramon did switch. No, he did front side. He did a front side double flip. Jeez. Down the stairs there, and that was ridiculous. I was like, couldn't even get my head around that. But. Um, yeah, that was the last one. And then, so I was like, oh, sick, they're doing another one. Like, hit up Pauli, because Pauli was running it. And I asked him if I would, if I could enter it. But it was sort of, went, now, I wasn't expecting to win or anything. I just went, because, you know, it's a laugh. You get to see everybody. Yeah. You know, you get to see everyone. You get to skate a new park. You don't always get to skate. So I was like, drove, drove to, to Manchester. It's like a four-hour drive or something. Three-and-a-half-hour drive. And then on the day of the qualifier, I didn't do too good, and I got twentieth. And top twenty made it to the semi-final. 
Right. So I was like, you know, I just squeezed in. Like, I squeezed in by like a point. So that was on a Saturday, wasn't it? Because they did qualies and like no, the bowl comp. They did it on the Friday because they did street qualifying. Street qualifying was Saturday, uh, Friday. Right. And it was bowl qualifying Saturday, and then it was final. It was Sunday. Yeah. So I um, just managed to squeeze in. Just managed to squeeze into the final. No, the uh, just managed to squeeze into the semi-final by a point. And I was twentieth. Wow. I was like, "Fuck, that was close." But then I think I qualified for the semi to the semi in the semi-final. I qualified for the final in fourth. Right. And then, like, not expecting it, I was like, you know, this is cool. Like, I'm in the final now. Get to skate more. <laughs> and, uh, Next thing you next thing you know, I was like waiting to hear who'd won, and the next thing you know, it was like, like fourth, right? No, that's not me. You know, my name hadn't been called yet. They'd gone through all the the rankings, and I was like, this is weird. Like, I, I was like, oh, I'm probably like fourth. No, all right, then I'm third. No, so, and then they then they called my name up. I was like, what? Like, just was not expecting it at all. I was so stoked. Wow. It was it was clearly well deserved. Very clearly well deserved. Um, so it all just it all just worked out on the day. Yeah, the it did. Work. It all just depends on the day. You can never say who's the best at skateboarding because one day someone can have a good day, the next day someone can have a bad day. It all, it all just depends, you know. I just got lucky that day. I don't know, man. I see your footage, you know, like... Diego killed it. He was yes. like that. So good. Well, Jago and Takuna and. Takuna, yeah, George Paul. Yeah. Sharky. Sharky was there. Yes. Killing it. With that blunt kit flipping on that stupid steep wall thing. That, that thing's scary. It's got Paul Copin too, yeah. so it's terrifying. Like, you know, it was. I didn't, I didn't think I was going to get it. Like, you know, I didn't think I was going to win. And the next thing you know, they were like, you won. I was like, what? It's a bit much sometimes, isn't it? It was cool. It was like, I was like, yes, like I've got, like, because they did the best trick like, on the Saturday. And I tried to no slid the handrail there. And then they gave me 100 quid for that. So I was like, yes, I've got my petrol money back, you know? So I was happy. Like, I got 100 quid. I was like, I've got my petrol money to get home now. And then, and then I ended up winning. And I was like, well, this is like, this is like a few more. Pe- this is a few more sessions paid for, you know. Yeah, and I think right. all that money went on petrol to go in the car to go skating somewhere. Nice. So it. Nice. Any, anything I win skateboarding, I try and get into it, you know. Of course, of course. You're listening to the skateboarding show. Hi, this is Helena Long, and you're listening to The Skateboarding Show. Click, listen, subscribe. And I think that's evident, because I just mentioned, like, I've seen your footage. Remind us what your Instagram tag is, because there's plenty... It's just at, jo- just at Joe Hinson. It's um, nice and simple and easy to remember. Because I think you're pretty productive, man, to be fair. Do you know what I mean? Like, I see footage coming out on the regs on your Instagram account. 
I tried to keep it productive just to like show the spot like because obviously I've got people giving me free stuff like Lakai Lakai they give me shoes whenever like pretty much whenever I ask them they really sound they really help me out and like with boards like all my sponsors it's like I want to give back to them and have like you know show them that I appreciate what they do for me so I want to kind of put some work in and go you know give them a bit of light and footage they can use and stuff like that so I try and be as productive as possible it's not always easy trying to be productive but you're doing it man just just keep doing yeah just keep doing what you're doing man and you know I just enjoy it like with the whole filming you know you go to a skate park it's like you go to a park film a little Instagram video it's just fun I just Mm. enjoy doing it so kind of just happens naturally but like we get to a park it'll be like oh let's film a quick instagram video or we'll go or go street skating they'll be like oh let's get a couple of clips for the for instagram you know nice and then it's just and then do you ramp it up a bit to keep some clips for like okay now now we've ramped it up we'll keep that clip for later on for something else um not necessarily not with instagram because most of it is filmed on my phone right if we get the camera out, that's when I'm like, right, we're going to save this for a video. Are you working on any projects at the moment? At the moment, I'm just I'm just filming. So, like, obviously my Dark Star video came out, the part in the video. Um, but I'm still sat, because they only used, they didn't use all my footage. I had a three-minute part. Right. But the video, they wanted to keep the video the same length, and they just... It was, you know, they wanted to keep it around 20 minutes because they didn't want a really long video. So, my life, I've been left with about two minutes of footage left, I think. Right. So, I've got two minutes of footage I'm sat on from that video, which I'm sure will get released. I'm talking to Darkstar, hopefully, about releasing it or doing, you know, just doing something with it. Sure. And then, I'm, I'm at the moment, I'm just filming with me and my filmer. We're going out... Um, going out and just hitting the streets and trying to film as much as possible really and just stack footage stacking clips so not 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 trying not not really working on anything not going oh we're filming for this it's like we're just going out and filming and just getting footage and then if we've got enough for a part at the end of the year we'll film we'll put a part together if, if the sponsors need footage i'll just you know they can have have the footage so it's always good to have footage i think nice yeah have a nice stash so that if they do ask for something you're not like oh yeah i'll go and do something now like you've got stuff yeah, i'd rather not be stressed about it like yeah. i'd rather have footage that if a brand goes oh we want this doing i'll be like all right well i've got i've got footage like here's what i've got i can get more you know so it's not like oh we need a video done it's like or we need well we want you to film a part it's like and you start panicking because you're like, right, I've got to go out, I've got to film. Yeah. And then that way it's more stressful and less fun. I just think it's like fun going out and trying to film something. And... You know, I, I enjoy the, all right, we drive to a different city, film a trick, go, you know, you film a trick, you either don't land it and you leave bummed, but you still tried, or you land it and you drive and you've got like the, the, happiest two hour drive home nice 
so it's like with Matt, like I'm go, I leave to go to Manchester tomorrow, like tomorrow afternoon, and we're going to go out and film all weekend mm. up in Manchester, which should be really good. I've just got to like, actually, I'm actually packing as we speak to get to go ahead up there for the weekend. Who are you meeting in Manchester? Do you want to give some shout outs to your bloods? That you're uh, Rivo, he's filming. He's going to be filming for me as my filmer Dave can't come. He's busy. So Robo's going to be filming for me. Hopefully, cool, but hopefully, cool by Black Sheep, who've just recently, well, I've just recently started to ride for as well since leaving Roller Snakes. Right. And that was a, that was a cool one. Like, pretty much, I let I, I was get I rode for Roller Snakes for around three three years maybe. Right. Three three years, and um. Pretty much, I'm really good friends with the guy, with the team, or who was the team manager at the time, Darby Daz. Yeah, yeah. Like, really good friends with him. Like, he's helped me out. No, like, he's pretty much, he's the reason, like, for me to be on, like, Dark Star and, like, like he's the reason I'm on these brands and I'm, like, get, you know, hooked up. So, um, I wrote, like, he, he recently said he was leaving because he's, he's now the skateboard. Skateboard England team manager. Yeah, right. That's mental, isn't it? So, which, on, yeah. which I'm, which I'm so stoked for him. Like, it's such an opportunity for him to get to travel and everything. He was actually out, like, while I was out in America. It was Dutor. Yes. Yeah. So they him were and out Alex, yeah. him and Alex were at Dutor, which is super cool because it means he was at the, he came to the premiere for the Dark Star video. Right. Which. Which is my first proper video I've ever been in. Like, I've had video parts on YouTube through Karma and Darkstar before, but like this is my first proper video where I'm involved with something that's not just me and that I've done on my own. You know? Yeah. It's just super cool to have him there, which was like because he's helped me out so much. It was like it must have been nice to have that bit of support from people that you knew in that. Yeah, it was super cool. Hmm. And also the guys from Lakai were out there as well at the time. They were out there. They the guys who run who are at Form Distribution, right? Who give me Lakai? They were they were also there, which was like it was so perfectly timed. Like Daz was there, the guys from Form Distribution were there. You know, it all just kind of worked out. So it means I had people there that I knew, nice. and people that who were there that helped me out. So it was. Um, kind of nice to have people there that could see that to be there to see it you know be there at the premiere because i've never been involved with a video that's been had a premiere before mental like mental. every part every part i've ever had has been like youtube youtube solo part or a few clips in like a karma promo or whatever so to have like have a part in a video or have like clips in a proper video that had a premiere was so weird Wicked, and that's that whole Dark Star video is out now, isn't it? You can go and anyone yeah, can go that's, and watch that. that. That's up now. I think it was on the Thrasher site for a while. It's also on the just the Dark Star YouTube channel as well. So if you right. just like, just look up Dark Star's YouTube. I think it's the first video that comes out. Nice. I think it's like twenty minutes. Twenty minutes of just ridiculous skateboarding. Amazing. Like you've got loud scaring it. Senzo, you know, Ooh, the Masinski, 
You've got every everyone's in it, which is, and that's also really weird to be in a video with all those guys. Yeah, right. Yeah, that must be. And I'm look, looking up to them as a kid, and then now I'm in a video with them. It's really weird. <laughs> so what what are your plans this summer? Because we're it would appear that summer has maybe just arrived, just this day. You're obviously going filming in Manchester. What else have you got? booked in for this summer oh well the thing is we don't i don't really plan it it kind of just happens well we've got manchester this weekend then i've got a weekend where i've got nothing planned and then it's mass i think it's yeah it's mass yeah. mass is not this weekend not next weekend but the weekend after isn't it yeah i think so i think that's when it is i think wow. then, then there's mass and then i'm not sure what's happening after that like just trying to film pretty much I think that's the, that's the aim is just to try and film, try and skate different cities. Like I want to try and make a trip to Southampton soon, so I've got to try and organise that. You know, I want to try and go to Bristol as well at some point. I'm gonna tr might try and do that around NAS time. Maybe do it after NAS. Just to confirm, NAS is the 11th of July to the like the 14th. No, so I'm probably. At the, yeah, at the so time it's like of two the, weeks away, isn't yeah, it? at the time of recording this on Thursday, the twenty seventh of July, that is, as you said, not this coming weekend, not the weekend after that, but the weekend after that. So yeah, two weekends, yeah, yeah two about two, yeah, this, yeah, this this day, two weeks time, yeah, is when you can start getting in there. Well, yeah, I think we, that I'm not time, sure whether but, we could go on the tenth. Yeah, sure. you, yeah, you I've athletes. Had any, I've had no information about it yet. Yet, yeah, you athletes, will, you athletes can get in a bit earlier and start to familiarise yourself with the course. Not but, that I've ever seen you have any problems with that course in there, but yeah. I've, no, I've, I've had no information about Nash yet, so I don't really know what's going on. It's kind of I'll probably get told the day before. Yeah, you'll be all right. We'll get it sorted. In typical, in typical skate event fashion, really, isn't it? It's, yeah, uh, get told the day before anything happens. That's what adds to the beauty of it all. You know that, Joe. Yeah, we love it. Yeah, love it's it all it's way. all good fun. You know, yeah. you never know how you turn up. You never know what's happening. It wouldn't be a skateboard contest if no one knew if everyone knew. If what was everybody happening. knew what weird. was happening. I know it was almost a bit weird at Greystones that it was all happening on time. It was like, oh, this is actually going. Oh no, no, that that wasn't that weird. Like street, I skated street league when it was in London. That was weird. Oh my god! Yeah, okay, I can imagine. That that, that was weird because I was in the global. I bet I was one of the um, people that got invited to skate, skating it for England. Unfortunately, Skateboard England can't fund me, so I'm like I don't get backing from them at all. Right. It's only Dakuna that gets funding for street in England at the moment because the budget's so tight. Sure. But they asked me to do it, and I was like, "Why not? Let's do it." You know, pay it like the the content the the fees was the most I've never paid that much to skate in a contest my whole life. Wow. The UK, I thought the UK champs was a bit more than I thought, you know, and I was like, oh, that's expensive. And then the street league fee, I was like, fuck, that's a lot of money. Are you allowed to tell us how much it was? I'm, I'm not sure, so I don't want to like right. reveal anything I'm not supposed to. But it was, it was over a hundred pounds. Wow. Then to that event, and I was like, wow, like. And was that to enter the qualifying rounds? A qualifying event 
at Bay 66. We weren't even allowed in the street league course. Wow. You weren't allowed to skate the street league course unless you made it into the final. Unless you made it to the semi-final. No, the quarter-final. Unless you made it to the quarter-final, you weren't allowed to skate it. Wow. But you did. But in all fairness, you could go to the event. You had like a week. You had like a full weekend ticket, so that's probably why it cost so much. Oh, okay. 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 So you got the, you got the full weekend ticket, you know, to see the actual event. Well, that's okay. There wasn't like you went to Bay. If you didn't, wait, if you didn't get in, you couldn't go anywhere else. It was like you know, you could still go to the event, which was cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. That's good. Cool. That was really weird. That was really like it felt like it felt like we were playing cricket. Like the guy that was on the microphone was so, like it was so timed. Like you know, like at a UK comp, like if someone's trying to trick, they norm like and the buzzer goes off. It's normally like, oh, we'll just let it happen," you know. Yeah, just get it again. Get it. Get it. We want to see yeah, it. Yeah, they yeah, yeah. Like that, and they're just like. Half of the, I think most people end up winning the comps from trick, like tricks that aren't in their run. Right. It's just because you know it's just the contest, especially in this country. It's just the way of how it works. You know, people are just stoked to see you skate and get your trick. But with that, it was really weird. It was like the buzzer went off. You have to be off the course or off the park, and you have to be. That the next people have to be ready for when the buzzer went on. Wow. It was so regimented, like, you were allowed, an, like, I turned up, I got there on the, I got there on the Thursday, no, it was a whole week, I got there on the Monday, I was allowed to practice for an hour before, you had, like, even you had, like, practice slots, so it was, like, one hour was the green wristband group, then... The next hour were for another hour. It was the purple risk at band group. Oh my god! If, if you were caught in, if you were practicing when it wasn't your turn, yeah, you'd get you'd get told off pretty much. They'd have, they'd have a go at you for um, skating when it wasn't your turn. It was that regimented. Amazing. You're listening to the skateboarding show. This is Lucy Adams, you're listening to The Skateboarding Show. Click, listen, subscribe. Well, I suppose that being in the Olympics, that's how it's going to be now. Oh, like, especially at the Olympics, that. I can imagine it's going to be like that, because they've got to do it like that. Yeah, it's fully going to be like that. You know it is. Like... You know, but it's kind of understandable because it's like the Olympics. Yeah. But it's just weird coming from going to a contest where no one knows what's happening to go into that is so crazy. Well, you've yeah, got set yeah. practice times. Wow. It's kind of cool, but also kind of weird. Like I would, I would love to be able to skate the street leagues every time. Like skateboard England can put me forward for them, but unfortunately I've got to pay for them all myself. And that's not really doable for me at, the, at this precise moment, because it's like pay for flight you know, Darkstar would probably chip in, but I've got to pay for a flight, pay for a hotel, pay the entry fee. Wow. Oh, it all adds up. It's just so expensive to try and do it. Like, I was going to try and skate the Jew Tour before I knew I was going to America on this trip. But I was trying to figure it out, like, all of the times and stuff, and, like, how much it was going to cost me, and I just couldn't physically afford to do it. 
but then luckily this luckily this trip then worked out and I got to go on the trip instead so well okay that's a slight hint to anybody any any financially well-off benefactor out there if you'd like to uh you know support british skateboarding and you want to help mr hinton get out to some events and rep the uk then uh get a hold of me here at the skateboarding show and i'll put you in contact with mr hinton so you can you can no, do a no one wants to support no one benefactor. wants to see me in the olympics so you can you can you can you can make I'm him your permission. on the fence about it all, really. Like, I don't know how I feel about skateboarding being the Olympics. Right. I'm still a bit on the fence about it because it's like it's cool because it's gonna like I I do like skating competitions. Like I enjoy doing the contests and I enjoy going to them and just having you know seeing everyone and seeing my friends. Like I see and like Jago, Keats, Takuna. Like I see everyone that are my friends, and but it's like. So I enjoy it on that side, but I don't go to win or I don't go to, you know, I'm not going there just for the contest. No, sure, sure. But like, you know, I'm more into going out to the streets and filming, especially now, like, as I've gotten older, I've, that's what I'm more into. Nice. As I've got older, I like progressively just want to go and film and push myself in the street, but also I do enjoy the contests. But with the whole Olympic thing, it's going to turn it into more of a, a sport and kids are gonna just think that's what it's about. I think they will do, but I think at the same time, it's sort of our responsibility as some of the older guys to explain to them that that's not just what skateboarding's about. And, yeah. And sooner or later, these youngsters, um, and and I'm not opposed to the idea of youngsters growing up wearing pads and only skating skate parks, like whatever, that's fine. But at the same time, they will all start watching skate videos sooner or later, and some of the older skate videos, and they will, they will start going, oh, look, you can take this stuff out onto the street, you know, like it's it's just it's there, it is a part of skateboarding culture. I wonder if maybe the Olympics will just add to it rather than change, you know, perhaps skateboarding is too big to make a massive change to all of it. It will just add a new element to it, maybe. Yeah. I get that. I think it's. I think it, it can either go two ways. It's either going to be great for skateboarding, or it's going to be bad. You know, it's going to bring people yeah. in that don't really know anything about it, and brands that don't know anything about it. But also, it could bring bigger brands in, which are going to help sponsor skateboarders. You know. Yeah. It's it, it can either it's only either going to, it's going to go one or two ways, but it's it's kind of one of them ones where it's. I'm not 100% sure about it, and I don't think anyone is yet. You know, I think it's all a bit... No one knows what's going to happen as it's the first year it's ever happened. Well, you know as well as I do that skateboarding always self-regulates in so much as um, it, those those people who kind of get into it because it's trendy or they don't really know what they're doing or they can't really, for want of a better expression, keep up with it, they'll soon stop doing skateboarding. You know, one big slam or reach their trick ceiling or whatever it is that sort of puts them off. If they're not, if they if they haven't by then found a true love of skateboarding, they usually just stop and go and do something else and pick up the next trendy thing. You know, skateboarding sort of polices itself because there comes a point where you either you either realise you're so desperately in love with it that it doesn't matter that you keep falling off. It doesn't matter how good or bad you are, you're going to keep doing it anyway. 
or you just go, oh, actually, that's not for me. So the, the older people involved in skateboarding usually are those who are like, I don't care how good or bad I am. I don't care about what tricks I have or haven't got anymore. I just want to be out on my skateboard and that's it. Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully it will, hopefully it will bring in more numbers, but it will always be able to police itself through that. I think, I think I could be wrong. Who knows? I could also be, I could also be looking at it. I could also be looking at it all through rose tinted glasses. You know, I, I know that. I know that. But go on, sorry, what were you saying? I don't think anyone knows what's going to happen with yeah. it, you know. It's True. kind of, yeah. it's cool, like, they're going to be watching skateboarding on the TV in the Olympics. Like, mm. it's going to bring more exposure, and also with us going out street skating, it's going to make it more accepted. Yeah, for sure. I feel like, I feel like it's going to make it way more accepted to be able to go out and street skate, because people can be like, oh, you're skateboarding, it's not like, it's not like an understood thing, you know. Yeah. It's kind of like... People will be like, oh, I've seen this in the Olympics. I feel like it's going to make it a bit more accepted. But also, us as skateboarders, we don't know how it's going to play out in our favour, whether it's going to play out, play out in our favour or not, you know? So I'm a bit... I guess we'll have to see. It's only a year away, so we'll have to see how yeah. it all goes. That's crazy, because I can remember them making that announcement about skateboarding being in the Olympics. And now we're, now we're just one year away from it actually happening. Let yeah, me... that's crazy. Yeah. I, I remember I remember when they did it, and I was like, oh, that's pretty sick, you know, skateboarding with the Olympics. But also, it's still pretty crazy that it's now an Olympic sport. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of strange, it being an Olympic sport, to be honest. Right, in this... I, Go on. I started, skate, I started skateboarding because I was no good at any proper, like, or what you would call a proper sport, you know? Yeah. I played football for a bit when I was a kid. Hate, I hated it in the end. I was just no good at it. You know, so it was kind of like now the fact that it's going to be, it could be seen as something like football is a bit strange to me. But also it's going to be really good for the money side of the industry, I think. Like it's going to bring more money into the industry and, you know, help skateboarders in general and help the industry. I blinking hope so. As I, I hope that money does make its way to the skateboarders. Because the skateboarders yeah. are poor as like they're so poor. Like with yeah. me, like I don't make any money from skateboarding. Like yeah. I have to. I, I work when there's work. You know, like I haven't I haven't properly worked in about three months. Just because there's been no work. Because what I do, I'm self-employed. So I, if I don't work, I don't get paid. Right. And obviously, I've been going on trips, and I've been doing, like, I've been skating, and just you know, traveling and going to contests and stuff. So it's been hard for me to go right. I've got work for these days, you know. So like with NASA coming up, there's work. Like, I've had no like. I went to America. Before I went to America, there was no work. Then when I was in America, there was work, but I was in America. What work do you so do? I'm, what 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 is it you do? At the moment, I've been doing, like, landscape gardening and, like, landscape gardening and just sort of building work and stuff like that, like, mm. working outside. Did tree surgery for a while, but that didn't last very long. Right. So, you know, I've just kind of been doing a bit of everything. So, like, I um, did, you know, so we'll go to someone's garden and pretty much read it, like, not read it, like, we'll build it, someone designs it, and then we'll build it, and things like that. Nice. 
and just gen like just garden maintenance and stuff like that. But obviously, people are booking in for work, but the trouble is the work's always falling on when I'm away. Right. But I'm off to NAS. I've got work. I, if I don't go to NAS, I've got work, but I want to go to NAS. So. Of course you do. It's like I'm. I'm like I'm 23. I don't really want to like just make my life revolve around work. Yeah, like I want to try and, and you, skate as much as I possibly can. You got to get this while you're young, man. You got to be doing. So this I'm just like you know. I don't even know how I'm getting to NAS yet. I don't know how I'm going to get the petrol money, but I'll figure it. I'll we'll figure that out when we get to it. Pretty much is how I play it. It's like I don't know how, but I'll figure it out when I get to it. Yeah, I'm sure you'll figure but, it out. I'm sure you'll figure it out. I'll definitely be there. So in this in this hour and eleven minutes, at least so far, or, or nearly that much. What have have you finished all your packing for Manchester? Uh, not yet. Let's like, keep... I've been kind of putting it off, like, set up a new board and, like, you know, just sorting my boards out, taking a few spares as I always break them. I was going to say, how many boards are you taking with you? I'm taking three or four, I think. Right, okay. I'll take three or four. I'm going to take two grip boards and two ungrip boards. And, and when, I've got them. And when did you last set up um, new trucks and wheels? Uh... New trucks was probably about two months ago, and new wheels was just before I left to go to the States. And they're still all right, are they? You're still cool with those? Yeah. My trucks, I ride my trucks till they snap, or bend, or, you know, they just get old. Right. And my wheels, I'm a bit, I'm one of those picky people, I can't ride my wheels, if my wheels go yellow, I've got to put new wheels on. Yeah, sure, yeah, of course. Like, I know people like, that can do that, I have to, I have to have white wheels. So I have to set new wheels up if I go yellow. But at the moment, my wheels are fine. So they'll probably they'll probably be all right till NAS, and then I'll probably put some new wheels on just before NAS. Right. That's my goal anyway. I'm like, I'm going to try not to set up new wheels till NAS. So I've got, like, fresh wheels for NAS. Should be cool. Nice. 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 Right, well, um, stunned, because you know I'm going to pester you at NAS for material as well, don't you? But we'll deal with that later. Don't worry. I'm going to have to charging for this um yeah i'll pay for my petrol money you can you can put in the invoice and uh we'll see what happens i'll send you an invoice yeah definitely do that definitely because i'm short of toilet paper around here so yeah that'll be right (laughs) sorry i only mean that in the respect of it ain't gonna get paid i don't i don't mean it like yeah, yeah. i just mean well then then if if you don't pay every 30 days then i can just add a um I can just add a late fee on it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can keep adding that late fee as well. Keep adding that late fee. Yeah, 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 yeah. Be a rich man by the end of it. (laughs) (laughs) Get paid. (sighs) Pay for more than one nurse. Yes. That'll be a good week. That's always a good weekend. You're gonna win that, so don't worry. Probably not. You'll be paid. Don't worry about it. Well, fucking. I've never been close to winning that. Just yet. up your game then. Stop dicking about and fucking bring it. I got. What did I get last year? Fifth, Just... I think. That was the highest I've ever come. I think I got fourth or fifth last year. Just fucking kickflip K grind every rail in there. Like. Every rail. Every rail. Last time I was there, I smashed my ribs on the kink rail that was there. Oh, shut your moaning and get on with it. I think that was. I think that was the, probably the worst time I've had in a while, too. Was that last when year? Did, 
when did Smith go on the kink rail and instead of it like instead of it locking in it fell out and I like just ribbed the rail like oh, landed on my stomach on the rail that's not good and like it? got my ribs and that was middle of the contest as well that sucked yeah no nobody wants that nobody wants that that's the thing with rails they're fucking they're so fun but when they go wrong they go wrong um yeah yeah I wouldn't know I've been, like, it's been such a long time. I've, like, we've, we've had, like, I love, like, you can't, there's nothing beats the feeling of, like, especially kink rails, like, grinding down a kink rail and making it to the bottom. Nothing can beat that feeling of when you're rolling away from you just grinded this kink rail. But then it's like, if that goes wrong, it's going to really hurt. Where's that one? <laughs> Where's that? We'll, we'll end on this. Where's that one in that bit of footage that you released? Which I noticed you made it to Skateline MBD. Do you see that? I did, yeah, I was pretty shocked about that to be in the background. You were there. But where, where is that rail and what's the story behind that one? That's like a big kinked rail with a big drop the other side. Yeah, that thing was terrifying. That's probably one of the biggest rails I've ever done. So that rail is at Nottingham. It's in Nottingham. I think it's at the count is at the council house or something like that. It's some something to do with the council that building. I'm not sure. Right. But you can get people have skated that right. That like there's the six rail. Like it goes the fifteen, then it goes flat, and it goes to a six. If you come from the side where the drop is, you can skate the rail like a, you can skate the six rail just as a normal rail. Right. It's, it's just a bit taller. So we originally went there to just to skate that. That was like the plan. We were going just to skate that six. And, you know, I've never really done a kink rail that big. The first kink rail I ever did was hit like the first street kink rail I ever did was in Hitchin. That, that was a, I think that's an eight flat eight. That was the first thing, the first one I've ever done. Then we went there and I was like, oh, these these kinks look really mellow. Like I could probably grind it. So I started off by starting halfway down on the rail, like, halfway down the rail, and I just like dropped in. Right. Like, stood on my board and just ground down the rail, you know. Started off halfway down and managed to do it. And I was like, oh, you know, that felt quite nice. So I was like, so I was like oh, I'll do it from the top, just mess, messing about. And um, I, so I did it straight from the top and ground down it first try and made it to the bottom and jumped off. And I was like, that be so the thing is, though, the spot at the top, like, Frank, Frank Stevens eyed over the rail. I think it was Frank Stevens eyed over the rail to flat, like, down the drop. No. In a bomber video. No. Like, a few years ago. That's a hefty um, drop, man, isn't it? And he, he, um, <clears throat> he did, he did that, but I don't think it was skate stopped at the time. Like, now it's got, like, you know, like, the blind bumps at the top. Right. Just where you want to <clears throat> pop, there's, like, blind bumps. It's the worst. Just where you want to pop, do you say? Yeah, just where you want to, like, pop, there's, like, rumble strips, like, blind for blind people. Right. So we got there, and I was with Tom Quigley and Ford, and Ford Brookfield at the time filming. And we just went to skate this little route, and I was like, oh, I really want to grind this rail, like, it's a shame these blind bumps are here. And normally, in my, like, I didn't have my car, we'd walk there. Right. But normally in my car, I've got wood, metal signs, I've got everything, you know? Yeah. everything we'd need to make it skatable so I was a bit bummed I was like you know I could grind this or I'd try and grind this you know I've made it to the bottom 
And next thing you know, I had like people were flipping. Like we found wood. We went to a skip. We found wood. We found a metal sign. We'd got tape. And we made it. We made it happen. We made it skatable. And we might have flipped the stoppers over as well. We managed to get our boards underneath the stopper and flip it over. Wicked. And then before we before we left, we flipped it back, and so they didn't know we were there. But like, we made it skatable, and then I try I tried it, and the first try, you know, I knew I weren't going to grind it. The first try, I went and I just ollied, land, put my trucks on the rail, and jumped over to flat. And that really hurt. I was like, I'm not doing that again. Cause it's, I think it's a 14, 14, 14 or a 15 stair rail. Then it goes flat. And then it goes down to a six. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I ollied. I ollied, tapped the rail, and then jumped down the drop the first try. And I was like, that really hurt. I can't do that again. I saw I that, blew man. My heel, blew my heel out. I was like, right, I want to land this, but I can't make, jump off again. No. So... The second time, I managed to make it halfway to the bottom and jumped off, so the impact wasn't as bad. And then, like after about, like obviously, I was, I didn't happen straight away. I rolled up probably for about an hour. Wow. Rolled up for an hour before I even tried it once. Like it took me so long to get the like balls to jump on that rail, like. With any kink rail, it seems to take me longer to jump on it than it does to land it. Because once you're on it, it's just a 50-50. Right. You know, if you can 50-50, you can 50-50 a kink rail, it's just, you just got to stand up on it and stand up straight and hope your trucks don't move on the kink. Yes, I can imagine. Pretty much. Yeah. But it's just, it's more about, it's more about confidence, you know, with a rail like that. Of any sort of kink rail, it's just about confidence. It's more in your head than in your body, yeah. Yeah, if you can fifty-fifty a rail, if you can fifty-fifty a rail with a kink in it, you can fifty-fifty a kink rail. It's just you've got to have confidence, but also you've got to. If you don't, if you can't vision yourself doing it, don't try it. You know. Right. That's how I play that. That's how I play the game with big rails. And if I can't see myself doing it, I'm not trying it. Right. But yeah, it, and then it took me about an hour to jump on it. But once I jumped on one, it was like, jump on it, you know, run back up the stairs. And then I made a couple to the bottom and I was like, right, I've got this. And I think I did it fifth fifth try, fourth or fifth try, I think, in yeah. the end. I've seen that footage. And it, yeah, I think it was, I, I think I remember counting about four or five. Like, that, every time, every clip, I, I believe anyway, Ford's told me every clip that's in that video I posted was how many tries it took. And not only that, like there was a, like you say, there was a good couple where you, you put all four wheels down on the floor, but you were slightly leaning too forward or something and just. Yeah. I think, I think think a lot of it was making it to the kink and jumping off and panicking because you kind of, it, you get so much speed from grinding kink rails. It's like, it's really strange. It's like, you want to try and go slower at them when you ollie on. Right. But also going slower means you've got to ollie on higher. You've got to ollie higher to get on the rail. Yeah. But because if you go like if you go too fast with this rail in particular, I had to go faster because it's tall. Right. So I had to go faster to make it out further. Jeez. So I was going. By the time I was hitting that last kink, I was going super quick. I probably could have like 
grinded the flat and cleared, and I could have ollied just like jumped from the flat bit down the stairs. Yeah, right. Like that's what I thought was going to end up happening because when I made it down the bottom the first few times, it was so quick. But then the one I rolled away from it was like, once I was on the rail, I was on the rail and I was just on it, and next thing you know, I was rolling away. That was kind of a really scary moment of like, I'm never doing that ever again. <laughs> like, even if even if the filmer would have like, even if the footage would have been messed up or the footage, you know, or something would have happened, or I was like, I'm never trying that again. Like, Brilliant. I don't care. It's done now. And then, um, yeah, and I've been I've been sat on that footage for at least a year. Wow. But that was one of the. It was one of the. Yeah, it was filmed around May time, I think. Jeez. Maybe before that, maybe April time. I'm in a hoodie, so it would have been it would have been cold. Yeah, right. I'm wearing a hoodie in the footage, so I believe it would have been cold. So probably, I know it was just before summer. So maybe yeah, it was just we before a, May. We had a good summer last year. It was good. Yeah, it was good. Didn't rain much either, so that was cool. Right, Joe, we're going to leave it there. That was amazing. Thank you. No worries. My pleasure. For those of you that are still listening, thank you very much. You're not bored yet. Mr. Joe Hinson, say goodbye to everybody. Alright. Cheers, Brett. I appreciate it. Been a sick time. I know we could keep talking and 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 it feels abrupt that I'm finishing it, but we've been talking a long time and I think maybe... you know, I know we could keep talking. Maybe we just make this part one, you know. We, you know, we're going to be in contact. I've, I usually hit you up at NAS. I'm going to hit you up again this year. So people will hear from you again. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you for your yeah, time this evening. Yeah, I'm sure you'll be evening. pestering me at NAS to do something. I'm always down. Ofs. Ofs. We'll I'm, get, al- I'm always keen. We'll get the video out for that one. So you'll have to, you know, make sure you do your hair and all that business. I'm all- that's the worst. When you're on video and you're like sat there on video, like never know where to look. Yes. I think when you're on, when you're having like a video interview, it's all it's good. Really, we'll figure it out. It's really strange. I'm not quite used to that one yet, but I'm sure we can sort it out. We can make it happen. And just in case, for those of you that don't know, if you're listening to the podcast, there is also the YouTube channel. Go and check that out. Where our video interviews as well. And yeah, you can check out last year's footage of NAS, which does include. Mr. Hinton that you've just heard from. So, um, Joe, thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much for your stake. Nice one. Take care. See you later. You're listening to The Skateboarding Show. You dance breeds. Dance breed. Dance breed. Dance breed. Dance breed. Dance breed. Dance breed.